0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Aujan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and also on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you always, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on. That they come out of British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is always a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings indeed did win today 29 to 13 and finished the regular season 13 and 4. the Minnesota Vikings certainly exceeded most of our expectations in terms of victories. So Though some people had the Vikings like 16-1, and 15-2. It's like, okay. Uh, especially like even at the beginning of the season, they must have just had a really good vibe coming in. And well, who knows? The Vikings could have had a 15-win season. Unfortunately, well, we're... We're not going to have a first-round bye. There's a small chance the Minnesota Vikings will have the number two seed, which used to be a bye. Arizona and San Francisco are flashing on the screen right as we speak. They are reciprocals of each other. Where years ago they were reciprocals going the other way. San Francisco 12 and four, just like us. Arizona four and 12. San Francisco leads seven to six at the moment, late in the uh, first quarter. And all that guys probably hoping and praying to get out of there without injuries. The Vikings pretty much did that today. And Nick Mullins looked kind of good. I kind of liked what I saw out of Nick Mullins. And of course the two Bears quarterbacks, kind of a mess, like Boyle and uh, Petterman. Nothing exciting to talk about there. The Chicago Bears, though, will be very excited. They in the way the in a way they really did win today. They they hit the jackpot. Because Houston won. What the heck? but they won, and the Chicago Bears have the number one pick in the NFL draft. Congratulations, Chicago. So they have some decisions to make uh, in apparently a very quarterback-rich draft, but of course we've heard that before. You know, we had the, uh, you had the Christian Ponder and Andrew Luck and all of those guys. Well, Andrew Luck certainly worked out. Unfortunately, his career was cut very short. Ended up retiring very early, uh, which is a bummer. Um he probably could have kept playing, but just didn't want to. Didn't want to screw around with all that anymore. Kind of like Robert Smith with the Vikings, of course, uh, as a running back. Um, but yeah, then you have other guys like the Bortles and such, and the and the Jake and the, and the Jake Locker, and all those guys that just never amounted to jack squat. So you just don't know. Um, and then you had. What we thought were two can't-miss quarterbacks in Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, and well, Peyton Manning ended up being a can't-miss quarterback, won a couple Super Bowls. The second one was more of a game manager at the end of his career with a phenomenal defense and good running game in Denver. Of course, the first one he was still about as good a quarterback as you're going to ever have with the Colts. So yeah, and Ryan Leaf ended up being um, at best a part of a joke, I guess, part of like part of practical joke conversation pretty much two years after he was drafted. Anyhow, let's get back to the Minnesota Vikings. And congratulations, Chicago and Dylan Richardson, just in case he's listening. Number one pick in the draft. Uh, that, is, that must feel pretty cool because you got a shot at something. And, you know, I kind of like the Bears a little bit. If you hadn't noticed when, I list, when you listen to this show, a lot of Viking fans hate the Bears. Probably like some old bitter rivalries going back into the 80s. But that's kind of what I like about the Bears. Uh, they give me that back in the day feeling more than any team in the NFC North even more than the Packers, believe it or not. So, <laughs> But I suppose any of them could take you back in the day because we've been together for a long time, which is a good thing. It's just, I don't know, Chicago doesn't bother me like Green Bay does, and Detroit fans are kind of a little too much sometimes. Chicago fans are a little more respectable. That's just a fact. Like Blackhawk fans versus Colorado Avalanche. It's not even a conversation. <laughs> They're not on the same planet. Colorado Avalanche fans are the biggest jerks ever. Chicago Blackhawk fans, they were kind of cool. You know, they were kind of cool. They talk a little bit, but they're not jackasses about it. You know, there's a difference. Uh, Anyhow, Nick Mullins was solid. Unfortunately, he he did throw an interception in the game, but was just about perfect other than that. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, I suppose. Alexander Madison, very solid today. Delvin Cook, well, we almost had a Delvin Cook hat trick, which could be an ongoing gag going forward. And this was probably... At his current salary and what he is, basically what he is today, despite the fact he did reach the 1,000-yard mark, which isn't exactly a threshold that puts you in the Hall of Fame or anything. It's good. It's okay. So what did he get, like 1,100 yards this year? Um, He almost had a Delvin uh, Delvin Cook hat trick. Unfortunately, see, the Delvin Cook hat trick is a touchdown, okay, which he did not get. But he got the other two things, though. (laughs) He got the other two things. He fumbled the ball, and he got hurt.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, what? Come on.
0: Sorry, but what's a better fit for a Dalvin Cook hat trick? Yes, a touchdown. That's the one positive thing. And then he fumbled once and got hurt. That sounds like Dalvin Cook. Even if it means he came back in the game, he still got hurt, though. Or He had to miss time in the game, and oh, my goodness, it's the end of the world. And It's his shoulder. It's his knee. It's his ankle. It's his pinky finger. It's his head. It's his, <laughs> it's his this. It's his that. It's Delvin, it's Delvin Cook being Delvin Cook. So, um, what did Delvin Cook do? Like a second, third game of his career, he got hurt and we didn't see him again the rest of the season. So I don't know. It's just, unfortunately his career, as good as it has been, could have been much better. It's going to be a kind of a, what could have been with Delvin Cook. And at age 27, he looks like he's 37. He kind of does. Unfortunately, he kind of, he kind of plays like he's 37 sometimes, like, Yeah, We've seen 34-year-old running backs look decent, even though that sounds really crazy in this day and age, but it has happened. KJ Osborne was loose a couple times for a 66-yarder, and one of them one up with 117 yards and five catches. His uh, second 100-yard game. Loved what KJ Osborne did. And you saw this guy wearing number 84 out there. Holy cow, Irv Smith returns just in time for the playoffs to possibly give the Minnesota Vikings a two-tight-end option. Going forward, possibly two tight ends to work with. T.J. Hawkinson was only targeted once in the game. They're like, screw it, get him out of there. And Irv Smith, well, they, he got three catches for 14 yards. A lot of it's extremely short yardage stuff, which was kind of the case even when healthy. Which again, he's another guy who, well, he doesn't he doesn't fumble the ball, but he's certainly been hurt a lot in his career. Kind of reminds me of Sidney Rice a little bit, where wow, look how good he is. He jumped up and he's out the rest of the year. Wow, that's wonderful. Thanks. Uh, Adam Thielen got in the end zone on two catches for eight yards. So there are names that we're looking at right now that will not be on the Minnesota Vikings next year unless they were talking massive pay cuts. A guy that I would like returning to the Minnesota Vikings is Nick Mullins. I would like Nick Mullins to return as backup quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, as long as you know the two sides uh, reach an agreement and all that. I can't imagine him demanding a ton of money or. Demanding a starting job somewhere, like with uh, with whatever team, team de jure out there that uh, doesn't really have a starter right now. I like Nick Mullins, and he's a, I was very happy the Minnesota Vikings were able to acquire him right before the season for a late uh, draft pick, late round draft pick. Nice backup, and funny how, <laughs> I don't know, it's funny, uh, more success with the Minnesota Vikings this year. I don't think it's too much of a coincidence, and Kirk Cousins taking more chances out there and all that. Rather than, it just, I don't know, it seemed like he's trying to be super careful all the time back in the day, and then you had a backup quarterback in Sean Mannion that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, why don't you look for the Hopkins Royals quarterback? You might be able to compete with him for the for the starting job, or for the second job. Hopkins Royals or something. I mean, I don't know. It was, not, it was nothing to brag about whatsoever. I didn't realize Tim Boyle was that bad. Jeez, he threw a couple of interceptions in the game. His quarterback rating 4.7. Okay, eight attempts. And of course, not all that were his fault. Some guys were kind of out of, you know, they, they kind of didn't run the route right. And Kirk Cousins could have had a touchdown in one of the plays where a route wasn't run correctly. So I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what's going on. And it's really frustrating. But hopefully the Minnesota Vikings don't have weird miscues like that going into the postseason. Wasn't much of a, much of a excuse me, excuse me, pass rush today, which is a good feeling. But the Bears are probably like. Who cares? Kind of. Joe Thomas had a great game for the Bears. Sounds like a uh, sounds like a left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, but different. Joe Thomas, great game for him. Um, yeah, there wasn't much of a pass rush, so I mean, I, I guess it's less of a scare. Chris Reed was good, uh, though. There was one delay of game, so that's kind of annoying. But it wasn't like 19 penalties. It wasn't embarrassing and stupid like we've seen before. Though, of course, Chicago did not present a whole lot of resistance other than they actually, their offense looked halfway decent on a couple plays because their defense is kind of funky and goofy. But, I don't know, what do you expect? Donatel is one and done, I think, as defensive coordinator for Minnesota. Duke Shelley got his INT. That was good. He was denied an interception by a Chicago receiver earlier in the game. A great deflection that saved the day for Petterman. Patrick Peterson, double P also. Had an INT. and returned the ball 28 yards. I was almost kind of thinking, okay, don't get hurt now. Don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. For God's sake, don't get hurt. And he didn't. So that's always a good thing. These late season games where, you know, you want to go in the playoffs, healthy as possible. It's like the preseason. You want to go into the regular season, healthy as possible. That kind of situation uh, going forward. And, um, yes, uh, the Vikings still have a chance to move up in the standings, and we win comfortably, like I said, 29-13. to 13. Greg Joseph mixed and missed an extra point, which is super irritating, but he made all of his field goals, so including a 50-yard, and he made the rest of his extra points. So I guess we don't have to t- necessarily talk about cutting Greg Joseph at the end of the season, Well, it could happen one way or another. That's just, I mean, we'll see how Kevin O'Connell and uh, Kwesi... Well, you know, K- uh, Kwesi Andofo Mensa go forward into the uh, the offseason. But luckily, we don't have to talk about the offseason just yet. The Bears have an exciting offseason to look forward to when you have the number one pick in the draft. We don't know a whole lot about that around here. What was our number one pick, Ron Yeri, many, many, many years ago, about 50 years ago, and it was a wonderful left tackle. So that could be the kind of player Chicago could be looking at as the best tackle in the draft, the best running back in the draft, the best receiver, the best something. Best quarterback in the draft, or their opinion, the best quarterback. But one way or another, the best uh, edge rusher, or whatever. Something along those lines. But, yep, we'll talk about the draft when the time comes. Again, I mean, this, again, felt much more like a preseason game. It was like a post, <laughs> or like, say, if the Vikings were out of the playoffs, it would be like a postseason game without being a playoff game. Do you, do you get it? Like, the season's over, and you're just trying to kind of get out of there without... Guys, you know, having freak injuries and screwing up their careers and such. Um, San Francisco's having trouble. Their offense is really sputtering, sputtering against this Arizona defense. They're playing with a little bit of pride today, and good for them. Uh, it's J.J. Watt's last game in the NFL. His wife is there with the, the baby and everything, so good for J.J. Watt. Wonderful career, obviously, with the Houston Texans, most of it. and was oft injured with, you know, and missed tons of time, but... Not a nice, solid finish with the Arizona team that looked promising for a while. Heck, they had the number one pick in the draft, and it, it's uh, the guy they have. Right now. <laughs> it's the it's the crazy guy they have right now that's more interested in Call of Duty than uh, calling out plays, you know, in the in the and taking his team into the playoffs and all that. So, number one pick doesn't always mean you know your franchise is going to head up in the in the in a better direction. Uh, Justin Jefferson again didn't, you know, thankfully, didn't get hurt or anything stupid like that, so that's great. You know, and I'm not saying Jefferson's stupid, just saying nothing stupid happened. So I'm not trying to be a jerk and disrespectful. Jalen Naylor had another nice game again. I, he'll be a, he'll be one of those Mr. Mankatos, I think, for a few years, and maybe he will carve out uh, carve out a decent NFL career. I think KJ Osborne is a legitimate wide receiver in this league. That's why I call him KJ Clutch because he is clutch. And I love what he can do. There's definitely something there, and the fact that Adam Thielen is clearly like cooked, you know, and that's that's what people have been saying um, on all the different shows, particularly on Score North. It's unfortunate. I wish Adam Thielen was still, you know, guns ablazing, but it's just he's just like Delvin Cook unfortunately. He's kind of at the end, so that's just the reality we'll have to be talking about. Alexander Madison. We'll see if the Vikings can reach some kind of a contract extension with him. Solid. If you like Delvin Cook, yeah, it's like Leroy Horde, averaging about three yards. Like you need one yard, I'll give you three. Say that that sounds good. But if you need five yards, I'll give you three. That's kind of Delvin Cook now. He's he's like a like imagine if Leroy Horde got all the got uh as much run as he did, like literally run, got you know, got, got the ball as much as he did, he would probably get eleven hundred yards. Leroy Hard when he was, uh, you know, when he was a little younger, like in his 20s and such, which Cook still is, believe it or not. Madison, he's at least an adequate running back in the NFL. And I think as a starter, obviously he's younger, spryer, and he can do a lot of what Delvin Cook can in terms of versatility. He might not have the super special skills that Cook had. But Delvin Cook does not have the super special skills anymore. He doesn't have that extra step that he used to. That's the thing. So we can't talk about, well, Dalvin Cook is a special player. You know, I mean, you cannot compare the two. Well, now I think you can. I think Madison's actually more spry than uh, Delvin Cook at this stage. Uh, again, Cook in his prime was a better player. Okay, so that's common sense. We, we got it. We got it. And, of course, you can get running backs all over the NFL draft and you could be pretty darn surprised how much talent you can find in the NFL draft as a running back position. Unfortunately, it's a, it's becoming a thankless job where back in the day, the running back was the star of the team, you know, like at Hopkins High School, you know, I mean, um, Mike Lehan, who ended up being with the Golden Gophers as a defensive back because he had the biggest, he was so freaking fast. I saw him explode to the basket as we were playing pickup basketball. Yes, I knew Mike Lehan. At Hopkins, yes. So, go for fans that remember Mike Lehan. We both graduated in 1998 from the Hopkins Royals. That guy, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, when I saw him like hit that extra gear. So, it's things like that. But see, he was the star of the Hopkins Royals, yeah. And he was the running back, was uh Mike Lehan? He was the running back. Um, and you know, and, and in the NFL, Emmett Smith, the star of the Dallas Cowboys, and Uh, you know, Walter Payton, the star of the Chicago Bears, and you could go on and on and on and on about all the great running backs, you know, like uh, uh, Eric Dickerson, um, Tony Dorsett. You could just go on and on. San Francisco had more of a committee because they had the best quarterback ever at the time, Uh, and, of course, one of the best, if not, well, the best receiver of all time, yes. So they had more of a running back by committee, but Roger Craig was still pretty good. Um, uh Uh-oh, interception by the... San Francisco 49ers, and they are in the red zone, just like that. David Blah, former Minnesota Vikings special, uh, excuse me, what do they call that? What do they call that? Practice squad member and, a, you know, an adequate backup quarterback. Just threw a uh, interception. Might not have really all been his fault. Half the time, some of the worst interceptions aren't even the quarterback's fault. The, the receiver ran the wrong route. Other times, it just was a really crappy decision to try to force something. Let's watch the replay real quick. Because, I mean, what am I going to say about this game, right? Yeah, that wasn't good. I, I don't know. That wasn't real good. No. <laughs> I I saw he was trying to lead the receiver, but the, the play just wasn't there. The play just wasn't there. I'm You know, so that wasn't too good. No. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the receiver didn't. I don't know. Maybe the receiver didn't go into the flat as much as he was supposed to, but what can you say? What can you say? It was the wind's fault, okay? It was the wind's fault, right? Anyhow, uh, Nguyen Wu had a 16-yard catch. That's good. Ty Chandler got some actions, and, and see, that's another guy who could maybe end up taking some serious snaps in the future, but it's not like he dominated today. He only averaged 3.3 yards a carry for six six rushes, 20 yards, so we'll see. Um, and he's just coming back cause he was out for like forever and ever and ever. So I don't know if it, it is, it has become now long story longer. It has become a thankless job, the running back position, because you're out there, you know, burning yourself out. Basically you, you, they're like a light bulb, you know, that, that doesn't last forever. Right. They're like a, a halogen light bulb. And I like halogen more than led. I'm old school. I don't like what leds do. They feel, you feel like you're going to have a seizure sometimes looking at them. Um, But, yeah, they're like a light bulb. They just, you know, they're on and then they burn out because too much wear and tear at the running back position, the knees and ankles and all that crap. Uh, And then, oh, you don't want to pay the running back because by the time he's 27, 28, he's not going to be good anymore. And they're lucky to get uh, at least a a couple years of a good contract before they get released, which sucks, and then have to look for a new team and all that. Maybe they still can get a decent amount of money and have a renaissance with, you know, the Arizona Cardinals or something. (laughs) or whatever team the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is my prediction is where Delvin Cook is going to be next year is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think he goes to Florida one way or another maybe the Miami Dolphins wow that's where he's originally from but I think he moves south one way or another that's not much of a stretch (laughs) unless that's maybe Bill Belichick tries to tries to get him or something but um then that's just flat out moving east um but that's kind of how I look at things with Delvin Cook. But, well, maybe, hopefully, he can at least get a ring with the Minnesota Vikings first. And uh, we could talk about the Vikings ending the drought and all that stuff and going all the way. But, uh, well, odds are it's going to be the New York Giants. The Vikings will wind up in the third seed. But, well, I mean, that could definitely change. And tonight's game between the Packers and the, well, touchdown, San Francisco ran the ball in. And that was Elijah Mitchell. Okay, familiar name, of course, but not super big name. Um, San Francisco is about to take at least an 8 point lead see how cute they try to get about it but uh, I don't think so why would you go for 2 when you have a chance to take an 8 point lead I don't know that would be kind of weird (laughs) so teams get real cute with that kind of stuff Um, but yeah odds are San Francisco is going to be number 2 and they're going to play the winner of Detroit Green Bay or well did Seattle play already I don't think they did either. So, like, if Seattle... If Green Bay wins, they're in no matter what. Seattle's playing the Los Angeles Rams right now. So, say, if Green Bay wins, Seattle gets in over Detroit. Detroit is, like, the last resort. They have to beat Green Bay and Seattle loses. Seattle obviously has to win their game. And uh, Detroit has to beat Green Bay. Otherwise, Packers win and in. The Packers control their destiny more than anybody else. Like, Detroit could win, but Seattle would... would, uh, uh, would still make it if they win. So they're counting on the Los Angeles Rams. And Seattle, of course, is counting on the Detroit Lions to beat the Packers. So that's kind of how that's set up. And the winner would more than likely end up in San Francisco, California, or Santa Ana, or wherever the heck they play right now. I think it's Santa Ana. But what do I know? Philadelphia Eagles are beating up on the New York Giants, who are probably our uh, next week's opponent. They're trying to be safe. Philadelphia is not screwing around, because if they lose... They will be the number two seed, and San Francisco will be the road to the Super Bowl, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Unless somebody goes there and wins, but you have to go on the road to get there. So that's the road to the Super Bowl, at least uh, at least starting with the divisional round. Eagles lead 13 to nothing over our likely opponent in the wild card. So again, by the time um, <laughs> by the time this game, or yeah, by the time this segment is over, when I come back for segment number two, which is usually you know like. Sunday night football time. That one will be flashing on the screen and we'll have a pretty good day. Well, yeah, we'll know the results with this 49ers and Philadelphia situation. And then it's all about who's going to be the seventh seed to play San Francisco, Philadelphia, or Minnesota in, uh, you know, in the first round, so to speak. So, or <laughs> we'll have to wait and see, uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco are the only two teams that could possibly have the number one seed in the national football conference. But a lot of the other brackets are set. Tampa Bay did lose today. Well, I I guess not. Even Dallas could still have the number one seed. So this will all open up in the second segment. That's going to kind of be a playoff preview. And I'm pretty confident that particularly if it's the San Francisco 49ers with the number two seed, they will beat Green Bay or Detroit or Seattle in the first round. They will beat one of those three, I I think. So I feel fairly confident that... uh, I'll, I'll make that prediction and kind of stick to it either way with the 49ers getting to at least the divisional round this year, if not the Super Bowl. I've kind of got an opinion on that. And you you can probably tell what I'm hinting at right now, how I feel about the 49ers. <laughs> I, it's, 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 it looks pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, there's another team in the AFC that's looking pretty unstoppable lately, and I'm not real happy about it. I think you know who that is. So, yeah, it is what it is. Buffalo won today. Oh, yes, and I'm going to talk about... Uh, I, I might as well put that in this segment. I, I can. Well, I can put it in this segment. Maybe I'll save it for the second segment. I actually took a I took a snippet out of Freedom of Thought where it was kind of a heartfelt reaction to what happened with uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. If you have been living in a cave, DeMar Hamlin had a cardiac arrest because uh, Cincinnati receivers' helmet hit him in the chest at the exact millisecond, nanosecond time when Dora uh, Hamlin's heart was just about to beat, so to speak. It was like in between beats, and the electric charge is just hitting the heart. It's like that magical split-second, like, almost video game. Well, not even video game, just whatever. Uh, laser precision time. The absolute wrong time to possibly hit that heart. It's kind of like, again, like, say you defeat a a major boss in one hit because of that, you know, but obviously I don't want to cheapen Damar Hamlin into a video game, so I apologize, but it's just saying, like, it's that exact time, that exact one out of, one out of, like, you know, like a lightning strike time, you could hit that exact spot, and it would cause you, it'll literally cause your heart to stop, kind of like, almost like a ninja would do um, type of thing, like, you know, um, and obviously, yeah, he he collapsed, but luckily, they were able to get him resuscitated within nine minutes. Of course, they talk about this on there, so I won't get too deep into it, but that's, of course, what happened. You'll hear about it in the second segment. Um, my feelings going into next week, and I'll talk about it more in segment number two, of course, considering we're probably going to play the Giants. Well, I mean, there's a pretty good chance the Vikings advance, at least to the divisional round, and after that, it's kind of, I don't know, and to me, it is not all gravy. It is not all gravy. Like, oh, Vikings, well, at least we won a playoff game. Anything after that is gravy. No, it's not. No, it's not. I, I This this fan base has waited long enough. This franchise has, you know, had good enough records for so many years. It is the most successful franchise probably in the, in the history of sports, if not just the NFL, to not have a championship. Um the legacy that this Minnesota Vikings franchise has had in the NFL to, to sit and analyze it and then come back and realize they never won a Super Bowl and haven't even been to one for 45, 46 years, 46 freaking years, depending on if they make it or not uh, this year, is just mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Um, the Super Bowl championships, it was, it, was a, it was a roadblock. It was a glass ceiling that ended up being a concrete ceiling bulletproof ceiling that the Vikings just could not break in the 70s. And then ever since the late 70s on, losing to the Cowboys in 1978 in the NFC Championship game, that has become a concrete ceiling for the Minnesota Vikings to get past the NFC Championship game. So, and, I, I don't know, I don't want to think about anything beyond that. I don't want the concrete ceiling to keep lowering and the Vikings can't even get past the divisional round or anything. There has to be a year where this team does the unthinkable and just shatters all of those barriers, shatters those ceilings, and finally wins a championship. Um, that is that is the only thing that's going to truly heal all the wounds of this fan base and maybe certain players on the roster, but overall the fan base and the overall history and the legacy of the past of this franchise, the former players that still probably have a heart for this team. Going back to the Purple People Eaters, and all that, and of course, Fran Tarkington, who played with the Purple People leaders, of course, obviously as the quarterback, not on the defensive line or anything like that. Um, but all those great players that played in the '80s as well, that lost in the NFC Championship game in '87, and you know had what looked like an awesome team, and then Kramer going out and just didn't, you know, he just didn't, didn't go on the run we were going to that year. Uh, the ups and downs of the '90s, and all the talent on that team. They finally reached a pinnacle, uh, a pinnacle of a season that still ended at heartbreak. So it's <clears throat> it's things like that that make me come back and say it is not gravy. If this Minnesota Vikings team with a 13 and 4 record gets past the first round, and anything past, anything after that is gravy. No, win a Super Bowl championship, and anything after that is gravy. Win a Super Bowl championship, heal those wounds. <laughs> heal those wounds. No, Don't just put a cute little band-aid on it. Well, there's always next year. It's a little Snoopy band-aid that doesn't really block the blood at all. It's still bleeding in there, so it doesn't really even stop it. The blood's coming right through it. It's because it's, it's just a little Snoopy band-aid. So <laughs> it's cute and everything, but it doesn't do the job. Um... This franchise needs, this This fan base needs that, the, the real healing once and for all when it comes to something like that. So I'm going to continue into that type of thought process into segment number two. Again, just glad, guys. Had a fun time out there. Didn't get hurt. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Tampa Bay with an 8-9 record. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they advanced in the first round, and I'm going to talk about that soon. Wouldn't be surprised if they advanced, but after that, anything after that is gravy for them. They do have two championships. San Francisco has five. Philadelphia has one, which, again, that fan base, through all their disappointments and heartbreaks, um, that wound was healed. I mean, when you at least get one championship... Anything after that's gravy. Now you got your second, your third, your fourth. Holy cow, great. You know, like the New York Giants. Uh, Cowboys have five. Seattle has one. That's another team that struggled forever, didn't do a whole lot. Even though they had some cool teams in the 80s, uh, most of the 90s they were pretty crappy and all that, and I could go on forever. Detroit's never even come close to a Super Bowl. Well, they kind of did but in 91, but that's the last time they even won a playoff game. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> so kind of funny. Funny thought if they actually could do that this year, go on some kind of miracle run. <clears throat> but we'll talk about how things are going. At least the AFC is completely all, it's all uh, it's all there. Miami Dolphins made the playoffs. Congratulations. And one of the most up and down seasons of all time. Uh, Florida. Every single team from Florida made the playoffs. I don't know if that's happened before and if it has, I apologize. Maybe I'll dig and find that out. But they all made it. They all made it, despite mediocre records and such, but they all made it though. <laughs> every one of them. Nine eight, nine eight, eight and nine. <laughs> but they made it. Maybe one of them wins the Super Bowl. No, oh, I don't know. With that said, we're gonna talk about uh yep, we're gonna talk about the playoff picture and I'll do all my predictions and all that fun as I do every year in the month of January. We have a lot of fun covering the playoffs. No matter what happens to the Vikings, and I hope they win the whole damn thing, but no matter what happens to the Minnesota Vikings, we will keep up with the postseason here on Purple Mafia and have a lot of fun with it. Unfortunately, the numbers usually drop, and the fan interaction usually drops, but I don't know. Just join join me. Let's have some fun talking about the playoffs, and hopefully this is a year of destiny for the Minnesota Vikings after all. friend, Turkington Award winner for this episode is K.J. Clutch. K.J. Clutch brings it in, and I'm going to award last week. I'm going to add a uh, Fran Tarkington award for last week's show. It is uh, it is uh, Josh Metellus. He has got to have a Fran Tarkington award for last week's show. As terrible as the Vikings were last week. Metellus has been phenomenal on the special teams and he deserves recognition. So he does get a Fran award for last week's show. Uh, back-to-back weeks with a block kick. So he deserves tons of credit for that. The uh, Christian Ponder Memorial is Dalvin Cook for the freaking fumble again. Uh, it could have been the other guy, the kicker, too, with the missed another missed extra point. But he was great after that. But Dalvin Cook definitely is going to bring in the uh, Christian Bottom Memorial. He is just I, I don't know. It, it is what it is, you know. I have nothing against the guy. He looks. He just seems like a real cool guy and everything. And talent's up the you know what. But unfortunately, that talent has the shine has worn off. Unfortunately, uh, with Dalvin Cook, that's probably the appropriate saying. Or the ship has sailed. Or water under the bridge. Or you could just go on all day. With that said, we'll talk about the postseason after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the whole playoff scenarios. And sure, we'll look at some of the games as well, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, but the whole playoff scenario, the predictions and all that. The Minnesota Vikings will, of course, be playing the New York Giants. The Seattle, uh, excuse me, the Detroit Lions have already been eliminated. San Francisco will play the winner. uh, Well, they'll either play Seattle or the Green Bay Packers if the Packers win tonight, and I'm sure a lot of people think they might. We'll see, but unfortunately, the Detroit Lions are already out. They're no longer in the hunt, so to speak. Just Green Bay needs to win. Winning in, losing out. So, I don't know. Seattle, San Francisco, first round, second versus seven. Minnesota versus the New York Giants, three versus six. Tampa Bay versus Dallas, four versus five in the AFC. And, of course, Philadelphia's number one, yay, with a 14-3 and three record. Kansas City, 14-3, and three, number one in the AFC. Ugh. Buffalo versus Miami. The Miami Dolphins after all the ups and downs and, backs and back and forth. And the two is concussions and this and that is up and down play. Uh, the coach is good. The coach should be fired. This and that. Miami Dolphins make the playoffs. We'll see what happens from there. <laughs> two versus seven. Cincinnati will host the Baltimore Ravens. Jacksonville Jaguars who won their division yesterday, defeating the Tennessee Titans. will be hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. So we'll get back to that very shortly. Again, I already talked about the Vikings game. Didn't even go over the standings. Buffalo 13-3. and three. And and again, with the whole Hamlin situation, the game, uh, well, was was basically canceled after that. So both Buffalo and Cincinnati finished with the old traditional records. 13-3 and three in Buffalo's case. That would have been an awesome season. Maybe they well Yeah, they would have probably, well, the winner of that game. Who knows? Uh, Cincinnati 12-4. and four. So great record. Even if they were to lose that game, they'd be 12-5, Buffalo's 14-3, or vice versa. Cincinnati 13-4, Buffalo 13-4. And it'd be very interesting to see how things would stack up. But it looks like stinky, yucky, Kansas City would probably have it anyway. But then again, I suppose if Buffalo won, maybe Buffalo would be first. Like, say, if none of that ever happened, or whatever, or it wasn't as scary and severe, so to speak, that maybe the game would have been finished. But of course it did not, so that's how it is. Scary situation like that, very understandable. Buffalo won their last seven games of the season. Cincinnati won their last eight games of the season. San Francisco won their last ten games of the season. So those are some of the hottest teams going in. Chicago lost their last ten, so we played the coldest team in football, and they have the number one uh, number one pick in the draft. Washington actually won today, believe it or not getting to 8-8-1 eight, eight and one and all that. Dallas 12-5. and five. They beat the Cowboys, which is kind of funny. So the Cowboys absolutely denied any type of, uh, you know, home field advantage or anything like that. So good. I mean, I, it's hard to cheer for that team. The New York Giants 9-7-1, and one, and the Vikings won in a game where you thought would be a comfortable win, and it ended up being scary as heck. So a rematch coming right up here from Christmas Eve versus the New York Giants. Uh, Kansas City won easily over the Las Vegas uh, whatever they are, the Las Vegas Silver Bishops or the Raiders, 31-13, to 13. I don't have a whole lot to say about that one, 31-13, to 13, there's, again, not a whole lot to say, I'm not even going to talk about it too much, they were smart about not going too crazy with Patrick Mahomes and such, and it was quite an uh, easy victory, Jared Stidham, Stidham attempted 36 passes, a touchdown and an interception, again, I should get off this, Devontae Adams, upon leaving Green Bay, 5 catches for 73 yards, Right now the Packers are, what was that? I think, didn't, I don't know. Maybe Rodgers would have been stopped, but that was kind of weird. I'm surprised he didn't try to run that in, but okay. Mason Crosby looking to try to put the Packers up 3-0 over Detroit. Detroit, the only role they play tonight is, spoiler, as they are, again, eliminated. Hopefully next season Detroit can have a shot at something. Maybe Green Bay has no shot at the playoffs next year, but uh, they'll probably in the mix, I'm sure they will be. It's great. Um, yep, Tennessee and Jacksonville, yep, 20 to 16. A bit of a back and forth type of day. Definitely had a playoff atmosphere. It was like the wild card to the wild card type of thing, Win and losing uh, goodbye. Uh, Tennessee, they might be making you know wholesale changes in the offseason. They were really good uh, earlier in the year, and they've been a very, very they've been one of the strongest teams in the NFL the last two or three years, and now Seven and ten, they're just like falling off the face of the earth. Crazy to think they could have actually won their division with an eight and nine record, but uh, yeah, I guess Tampa, same thing. So that's kind of a mess type of situation as well. Twenty to sixteen victory for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who played well defensively. They played great. Trevor Lawrence missed some easy ones, and he, and he just he was kind of a mess. So he's gonna have to play a heck of a lot better. Joshua Dobbs was strip sacked and also had an interception. Those were key uh, situations. Joshua Dobbs kind of thrust in there in a very tough situation for him, no doubt about it. Um, But he played uh, pretty well, to be quite fair. But the Jacksonville defense was the reason this Jaguars team is in the postseason. And again, good coaching and the better play of Trevor Lawrence earlier in the season, certainly not in this particular game. But the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the fourth seed in the AFC with a 9-8 record. A very impressive finish and good for them. Tampa Bay didn't care. They're stuck in where they were, so they went up with a losing record, just like Minnesota last year, 8-9, but win their division come, uh, you know, they win their division anyway, so they just kind of didn't care a whole lot. Somebody named Desmond Ritter for Atlanta, and Tom Brady still played. Jeez. Gosh, but again, another all-time record for uh, passes completed in a regular season. By Tom Brady, which is absolutely nuts. Blaine Gabbert, that was the other name I was thinking about. He's still in the NFL. Wow, from that Christian Ponder draft. Wow, Blaine Gabbert, a guy who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He used to play for the Jaguars, and then Blake Bortles a little later. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn either. Yet somehow, almost got the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Super Bowl one of those years. But then again, it was the excellent defense it was more of the real reason. Atlanta drops to seven and ten or, excuse me, rises to 7-10. and ten. That's how pathetic they are, unfortunately. But Tampa Bay is in the playoffs, and Gabbard got to attempt eight passes and a touchdown and all that cute stuff. So, good for him, and the Bucks will host the Dallas Cowboys next week. Watch out. Something interesting may very well happen. Buffalo and New England, a classic, classic, classic matchup for many, many years. And Drew Bledsoe played for both teams, I guess. Buffalo Bills, again, yes, they will be the number two seed, much to their chagrin, but what are you going to do, you know? It was one of those what are you going to do type of situations. New England Patriots eliminated from the postseason with their loss to the Buffalo Bills, so the Bills maintain at least the number two seed, hoping that somebody will knock off the hated Kansas City Chiefs. You know, believe me, I'm not the only person that doesn't like them, believe me. (laughs) Um, Buffalo Bills, most people are probably... If, I'm guessing most people in Minnesota are cheering for Buffalo if an AFC team wins the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Cincinnati, of course, as well. That's another team I like very, very, very much. I want Buffalo or Cincinnati any day of the week over Stinkin' Kansas City. Just don't like them at all. Uh, but comfortable win for Buffalo versus a Patriots team that's just, they're just not ready to make it. Three interceptions with three touchdowns for Mac Jones. Three touchdowns and an INT for Josh Allen. Again, recovering mentally from uh, what he saw on that field. Stefan Diggs a 104 yards as well. But the good news is uh, regarding Hamlin that, uh, yeah, he's probably going to be okay, it looks like. Um, We'll see what happens with his NFL career. But bottom line, he's probably going to be okay. And it's amazing. I think maybe right here is a good time for me to... uh, I keep debating on when's a good time to do it. Uh, Maybe right here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Since I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills, um, I'm gonna enter in a little soundbite here. I believe it's about eight minutes long from the Freedom of Thought podcast, where I uh, really kind of you know got a little emotional, not not overly, but again some some sad memories, uh, related things, and of course, and again very heartfelt and very happy with uh, Hamlin's uh, recovery. Very. Thrilled about it to be to say the least, and I'm sure everybody else is. You know, you got the number three all over the place, and it's awesome, awesome, awesome story to see him uh, coming back and Hallelujah! So, hear this uh, quick conversation from uh, this quick uh, eight-minute soundbite from the Freedom of Thought podcast. And yeah, Hamlin and critical condition as Monday Night Football is postponed. Of course, again, that's the Buffalo Bills uh, safety. It was hit in the wrong time, wrong place, and all that, right? And then between the heartbeats, and it's like a specific like nanosecond, right exactly as the heart is kind of like going to get an electrical charge. It was like like a bullseye of bullseyes, basically. Um, not intended to happen that way, of course, as he was trying to tackle somebody, and they put their, their helmet down to kind of barge their way through, basically like a running back or a receiver trying to get that extra yard, that extra push. Um, he'd already gotten the first down, so it's almost like, what's the point of that, but I guess, and (laughs) Hamlin kept walking for a bit, and then just, it was like, oh my gosh, like, everything stopped, boom, down he went, and it took about nine minutes to uh, resuscitate him, get his uh, heart pumping again, and he was on life support for a good 24 hours before things started showing signs of improvement, but once they did, it's like really cool. And then apparently, like when he came to in the hospital a few days later, he said, did, did we win? Isn't that cool? So no ma- no major memory loss that we can think about. Maybe like a some some tiny bit, maybe like about that couple of moments. Maybe he doesn't remember what exactly happened to put him in that position. But he asked, did we win? So that's kind of cool. And the doctor replied with, yes, you've won the battle of life. So pretty cool. You, you've you won the game of life or battle of life. So pretty cool. Um, praise the Lord. I hope he, uh, <clears throat> I hope he's uh, I hope he's saved. I hope he's a Christian and he's going to be a nice witness. Apparently he also, uh, Hamlin that is, is a GoFundMe, you know, charity type thing that, uh, that players do. It went from like a few thousand dollars to over eight million dollars. So people have been donating the heck out of it on a GoFundMe. So that's really cool. Uh, I'm sure you could find it with Google. So you don't necessarily need my help for that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you can find it pretty easily. So, and I mean, if you want to, um, and all that. It's it's really cool though. Nice story and praise the Lord that uh, looks like he is gonna make it. That's the thing. I mean, it's one of those deals where, you know, it hit me really hard. I mean, this one hit hard, really hard, because I have a dear friend named Neil Natog Thiesing, or Neil Thiesing, that uh, you'll see his name on the Brave the Wild show, hosts Joey Awajin and Neil Natog Thiesing. Neil is no longer with us, folks, just in case you uh never heard of Brave the Wild or you've heard of it but never gotten around to it. Neil Thiesing is not with us anymore. He passed away about uh, he passed away around February seventh, twenty eighteen. I forgot the exact day, but of course I went to the funeral. It was within that time period because yep, he was hospitalized for a, a period of time. Um, in between the uh, basically the Vikings had just lost the NFC championship game, they're getting hammered. Those are the last texts I ever had with Neil Thiesing from what we know everything was fine at the time. Neil Thiesing. Um, we were both depressed, like, gosh, you know, I mean, are we ever going to win a Super Bowl? It doesn't look like it. We were getting our butts handed to us by the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles were going to come to, you know, the U.S. Bank Stadium instead of us to play in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. And then, uh, you know, and, and then sometime in between, I got a text in the morning from uh, his mom. Well, it really was, you know, Facebook text, like Facebook Messenger, because, she, she didn't know me super well. She just, you know, well, knew I'm a dear friend but didn't know me, like, you know, person to person. You know, didn't know me person to person super well but certainly knew well of me because Neil, you know, always said nice things about me and I appreciate that forever, forever. Um, and all that. <sighs> but the text was, sorry, the text was basically that Neil had had a cardiac arrest and was in was obviously hospitalized in a in a coma and uh, the thing is see when somebody has a cardiac arrest they have to the blood has to be pumping like right away they have to get it going again or a certain organ called a called your brain without oxygen for a pretty short amount of time doesn't survive and neil didn't make it you know He, he just he didn't make it he was there for a while but then the talk was like his brain just wasn't coming back, just like see Hamlin's did. Everything was fine. The neuro, the uh, what do they call it? Neurotics. Um, the the neurotic neurological tests were coming back positive, like in a good way and a good type of yeah. They're coming back strong. And next thing you know, that's who won the game. Neil didn't come back, so it's a similar situation with a cardiac arrest. He wasn't hit or anything, but he had a cardiac arrest because. I believe a certain prescription drug that the doctor never should have assigned to him, because um, it's right on the, it's right on there. The side effects are right on there, saying that it could cause that uh, for certain people. So people that have trouble breathing, and Neil had trouble breathing. That was the whole reason he was there. <laughs> so pretty crazy uh, in the first place. Had a cardiac arrest, but of course was at home with his parents, and they were rushing him to the hospital. But. in the- <laughs> It just took too long. You know, it just took too long. Uh, or I think they were taking him to the hospital and the cardiac arrest suddenly happened in the car. Um, so it's just unbelievable that that happened. Um, and then Kurt back, another dear friend who, strong conservative, he would have loved this show. Strong conservative, big, big monster of a man. He was found in a, you know, by the by elevator of his apartment. Cardiac arrest, same thing. Just not enough time. Just Just didn't. Get the heart going back in time, so that's why this whole uh, Hamlin thing hit so hard because it's like, oh no, I don't, you know, I, I hope they got him going on time, and apparently they did. So, and uh, thank you, Lord, by the grace of God, there. Um, yeah, Kurt, the fact that he was found like let, uh, passed out basically, that's just he's probably you know without a miracle of miracles, it was probably going to be too late, and it was. Um, my dad had a cardiac arrest, but they say saved him. He's still living today. That was about 31 years ago in 91, so pretty darn crazy. Uh, Took my dad a while to get back going again, but he did. He had a little bit of memory loss, but, you know, he's still living today. Thank you, Lord. Uh, 31 years later, so uh, it's all over the place, and, you know, uh, let's just say I had something happen, not quite as scary, not quite as scary, but something related to the topic happened on February 18th, 2003. So, 20-year anniversary is coming up. So, this thing hit hard. It did. It really did. Um, it really did. So, I thought I'd mention that here before I sign off and how important it is. So, I'm very happy to see this happen, uh, to see him, uh, DeMar Hamlin, coming back. And gosh, I mean, <laughs> did we win the game? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? <laughs> so... It's just like the computer just restarted and everything is okay. All, all that information on that computer is still there. so that 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 organic computer that God built uh, for us humans still running and still still going. all the data's there, and isn't that cool? Like maybe if you had memory loss, it's very, very little like the hit, like the hit itself or the moments after the hit and and there you go. So maybe he had some memory loss that'll come back, hopefully. Um, but I'm not there, so I don't truly know. Maybe it's somebody will talk about it at some point. And there it is. Yep, um, yep. Hopefully, uh, definitely not try, trying to make it about me. I'm making it about the, everybody else that I was talking about. I mean, it's I really, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. It really is. Cincinnati, the other team involved in all of that, they won today against the team that they're going to be playing next week, believe it or not. And i got a feeling it'll be a similar situation. Sit 27-16 to Cincinnati over the Baltimore Ravens. Mediocre team, kind of limping in the playoffs. Cincinnati looks awesome. They beat Kansas City. They beat Buffalo. They could very well win the AFC this year, and I wouldn't be overly surprised, and I certainly sure as heck wouldn't be disappointed if Cincinnati won the AFC. Joe Burrow only one touchdown. 42 attempts. Stayed healthy, though, which is important. Joe Mixon... Yeah, I mean, it's just weird to think of those guys getting old already. But yeah, he's not doing a whole lot. Anthony Brown of Baltimore, they were just kind of like, screw it, we don't care, we'll, we'll see you next week and we're going to beat you. And I, I kind of hope they don't. Go Cincinnati. We'll have to wait and see, though. We'll talk about that later. Houston somehow, someway screwed up this season so bad they couldn't just, they couldn't just lose to the Indianapolis Colts. But also the Colts are so pathetic that they couldn't beat Houston. It's a combination of both. Indianapolis blew a 33-point lead to a Viking team that looked very much defeated. But then all of a sudden, you give us a little teeny bit of confidence. uh, And then what looked like maybe garbage touchdowns turned into be, you know, the the building blocks to making the greatest comeback in NFL history. Indianapolis 4-12-1. Yuck. Jeff Saturday will be, well, that's the only thing he'll be coaching on Saturdays. If he coaches, uh, if he's a head coach in the NFL, or if he is a head coach in the future, it probably would be for college Miami Dolphins with a very important victory today against the New York Jets team that had already been eliminated. Gosh, what did they lose? Their last, like, seven games of the season. Devastating. They looked really good. The Jets were really good. And then right before they played the Vikings, things just kind of started going downhill, and Miami was a bunch of up and down, up and down, up and down all year. 11-6. to 6. Not sure what to think about the Dolphins. I think they're pretty much sacrificial lambs going into next week, as would New York if somehow they made it. 99-year-old Joe Flacco who won the Super Bowl with Baltimore how many years ago? 10 years ago now um, in January, February of 2013 in the Harbaugh Bowl. Boy, that's a long time ago. Will Jim, Jim Harbaugh coach in the NFL again? We'll see to think. That day was so pivotal for the future of both of those franchises and of course both of those head coaches. The one that won that Super Bowl, John Harbaugh is still coaching in the NFL for the same team. Think about that. Jim Harbaugh just two years later, 49ers were falling apart, but hey <laughs> things turned out okay, w- wound up coaching Michigan and had a lot of success but unfortunately no national championship had an undefeated season until the uh, college football playoff, not that I'm really into college football, but still interesting, Carolina 10, New Orleans 7, what else is there to say they're both 7 and 10 teams and a 10 to 7 or 7 to 10 score, wow if that's not an urban legend, I don't know what is. Wow. What, what, what are they trying to tell us here? 7-10 split? You know, you're going to throw the ball up the, uh, you're going to try to roll the ball up the alley in a bowling alley and miss both, huh? 7-10 split, or maybe it's a game-winning field goal? I don't know. Interesting. Interesting thought there. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who were trying to make the playoffs today, were unable to, unfortunately. They were eliminated. 28-14 victory over the Browns in a black and blue matchup. Pittsburgh Steelers Mike Tomlin has never had a record below 500 since coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he isn't going to have it this year either. As now 500 doesn't exist anymore in the NFL unless something insane happens and they have to cancel the game. So <laughs> interesting, which happened this past week. Um, there will be no 500 teams anymore. Or I, I guess there is one way to do it is to have a tie and finish 8-8 and one. So there is a way to do it. Uh, Pittsburgh 9-8 and eight on the season. And Pickett looks very promising. Nice release on the ball and all that. You know, I'd rather be Pittsburgh right now than the uh, Cleveland Browns paying a billion dollars to Deshaun Watson. He's never going to be what he was with the Houston uh, Texans. It's never going to happen. I'm, I hate saying it, too, because I would love to see Cleveland pop up and see all this be worth it. But management, you blew it big time with that one. I mean, it's a, he's a big name. Special skills, this and that, but he ain't going to come back to what he was. It's not happening, and if he does, good for him. Kenny Pickett's got his whole career ahead of him, and he can play. He might not be a future superstar, but he can certainly play. Deshaun Watson sure the heck isn't, and you're committed to like a billion dollars. Franchises need to cut that crap out. Los Angeles Chargers just kind of playing it safe like the Vikings did years ago against the Chicago Bears, a terrible Bears team, terrible... uh Quarterback Sean Mannion for Minnesota in that game. Remember that back in 2019, like ah, oh, we're not going to be able to catch anybody and we won't move down either. That's pretty much what the Chargers did today, losing to the yucky, crappy Denver donkeys, Denver whatever they are, the Denver rats. Uh, Russell Wilson threw three touchdowns today. Oh, it's about time. It took you like half of your life. And Latavius Murray with 103 yards on the ground, averaging seven yards a carry, impressive. And he didn't really have a huge explosion. Let's not forget, Latavius Murray is older than Dalvin Cook. There's no excuse. There is no excuse. Next week's opponent, and maybe our opponent in the NFC Championship game, if all goes well, Vikings end up beating the Giants and the, the San Francisco 49ers the next week, because the 49ers will win their first playoff game. I'm sorry. Green Bay and Seattle are not beating the 49ers. It's not happening. Um, we'll jump ahead, because New York has to be last. San Francisco, thirty-eight to thirteen, just a breeze. Thirteen and four, number two seed. Brock Purdy just might be that, the like the a new version of Tom Brady, a very very late draft pick. In fact, even later than Tom Brady, a whole round later, and at the end of the seventh round, unheard of. We get John David Booty, we get Nate Stanley, they get Brock Purdy. <sighs> welcome to Minnesota and welcome to San Francisco. Just what more can you say about that? But maybe if you have a great uh, quarterback whisper, a great quarterback mind, like uh, Kyle Shanahan and uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, maybe we could find a diamond in the rough like San Francisco apparently has. Brock Purdy is the real deal. He just might end up being, (laughs) just like Brady in Montana, being the youngest quarterback to win the Super Bowl, just might end up happening, you know, being in that same age group, early 20s and winning the Super Bowl as a rookie. That would probably be the most unlikely story of all time. A Mr. Irrelevant rookie quarterback that only people from the school he went to had really heard of or fans of that school had really heard of much in Iowa State. You know, I mean, it's you, you always think of the Hawkeyes, not Iowa State, when you think about college football. In basketball, you think of both. But in football, you think about the Iowa Hawkeyes, not the Cyclones. And this guy might be cycloning his way to a championship this year, or at least coming darn close to doing so. As long as the... I don't even want to think about a certain team winning in a Super Bowl. Hell no. Seattle makes the playoffs. No, they're in the hunt for it. They did their job. They barely beat the Los Angeles Rams for some reason, but I don't know. The Rams put some effort in, I'm sure. A little tiny bit of pride remaining. Sounds like uh, <laughs> Coach uh, Sean McVay is not ready to step into the TV booth and heck, he's not even 40 years old. So what's the rush, right? <laughs> but apparently, he would make like a billion dollars, basically, kind of like uh, Tom Brady's going to when he finally steps away, uh, maybe after winning his eighth championship this year. Which you never know. Maybe he'll be the New York Giants. Maybe he'll be the like. Maybe he'll he'll do a reverse New York Giants where he'll get the job done. He'll be the one to uh, get rid of that last major blemish in his postseason record, losing to the New York Giants in the Super Bowl twice. Um, he wouldn't be able, he wouldn't be beating the Giants to get there, but well, unless the Giants beat us, 19 to 16 victory for the Seattle Seahawks. They barely did their job, but Geno Smith struggled a bit, but they still survived. Them being the Seahawks, Kenneth Walker III with 114 on the ground, good for him. And the Seahawks are in position to make the playoffs if the Detroit Lions do their part and get the victory. But they're struggling right now. This is a three nothing freezing cold day in Green Bay, Wisconsin where you get uh, Big Boy over there, the uh, former tight end of the Miami Dolphins, (laughs) Dan Campbell, with a uh, red nose out there, with a Santa Claus red nose out there in a very cold day. But, huh, that looked like pass interference, but we'll see. Apparently it was not called. The uh, Detroit Lions are are attempting a 37-yard kick. That looked kind of weird, but it worked out. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it looked like it might go somewhere else and then it started rising to the occasion so to speak and curved its way where it was exactly supposed to go so it did a little uh did a little 11 captain hook but it was a real good kick actually it just looked weird getting there next uh next case the last case other than New York and then of course this Green Bay and Detroit game yeah th- this was a playoff game back in 93. It was the first time I got to see Detroit and Green Bay play each other in a postseason as they both made it. Uh, Green Bay won the, uh, excuse me, Detroit won the division. Yes, the Detroit Lions won the division in 1993. Green Bay with Brett Favre, a very young, energetic Brett Favre, went into Detroit and beat the uh, Detroit Lions in advance in the postseason, and the Vikings lost to the uh, New York Giants. Yes, there's a lot of history between the Vikings and the Giants in the playoffs, some, that was a fairly disappointing game, but it was a road game. And, um, yeah, we'll get back to it. Sorry. Washington wins 26-6 to over the Dallas Cowboys in a game that was like, okay, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Was Dak Prescott hurt, or was he playing hurt, or what? 37 attempts, 14 completions. Quarterback rating of 45.8. And Washington's, like, 15th quarterback this year, Sam Howell. Sam Howell because uh, Carson Wentz was terrible in, when he got put back in, and Taylor Heineke is hurt and stuff. Sam Howell. That's, that's all you got to say. But I suppose Brock, Brock Purdy, you'd be like, yeah, right. Miss, Mr. Ralph San Francisco's done. Man, they had a chance, and now Garoppolo broke his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up being maybe the most unexpected, miraculous thing to ever happen to a team that has five championships already. Uh, they had Joe Montana, they had Steve Young, <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo was acquired from the Patriots, very promising, but it was like one injury after another for the poor guy, uh, shoulder injury, ACL, uh, now the broken uh, ankle or foot or whatever the heck, lower leg, whatever the heck, it's, lower. it's like broken foot basically, and um, yeah, okay. And then shoulder thing after shoulder issue after shoulder issue after this, and then the ACL when he first got there, and but you know, and they got all the way to the Super Bowl. They beat the crap out of us. They beat the crap out of the Packers, and had the Chiefs beat, and then they just couldn't freaking hang on because stinking Chiefs made their stinking comeback. And I hope that doesn't end up being the final score again this year. But whatever, Sam Howell, I guess. What was his draft status? Fifth. He was the first pick in the fifth round by the Washington Commanders. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Okay. well, Well, you passed on Brock Purdy, Washington. How does it feel? Oh, wait a minute. Every single pick was... Every single team passed on Brock Purdy seven times or more. That's right. Yep. Well, some teams might not have had all seven rounds, but you get the idea. Yeah. They passed on him all the way through seven rounds, though can't get over that. Watch him lead San Francisco to a championship. Now, of course, he wouldn't be the main reason they won, necessarily, but he's not hurting them at all. He's a real quarterback. He's completing his passes. He's got enough special skills, I think, to be something wonderful. It's just, imagine if it's Cincinnati versus San Francisco in the Super Bowl, and there's a real chance that could happen. You know that, right? (laughs) The first overall pick in the draft has kind of Tom Brady-like tendencies the toughness, the mental toughness, the swagger, all that cute stuff that Joe Burrow has, and I just, I I love him. And I'm just, I was just really downtrodden when the stinking Rams uh, barely overcame and beat, beat him last year. I was so ticked off. And, but imagine if it's him, number one pick in the draft, LSU, national champion, just an unbelievable team. Even though I don't like LSU very much, but my God, that was a great team. When you put two and two together, holy cow, you connect the dots there with who was on that team, and you're like, oh my God, of course they won the national championship. (laughs) And hopefully uh, all three of them win a championship again. Vikings get one with uh, Jefferson, and of course Cincinnati with Burrow and Jamar Chase. Um, But imagine number one pick versus the last pick a couple years later in Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be the darnest thing you ever saw? That'd be insane. Dallas Green Bay is three to three late in the first quarter or period or whatever you want to call it. The New York Zents or New York Giants. The New York Zent, twenty-two, and don't ask me how I did that. No, that was from my wife. She mispronounced the name. It was really funny, the Vietnamese accent. Um, twenty-two to sixteen, the New York Zents lose to the Eagles. Fourteen and three are the Eagles Giants. Nine, seven, and one—they will play the Vikings again. Playing the Vikings again, sorry. Jake Elliott's uh, Okay, let's think of. Let's talk about Graham Gano for now. He was able to make the one kick he attempted, and of course, made his extra point. Just a 24-yarder. Where Jake Elliott's pretty good kicker, 54 yards in one of his kicks. He made several kicks in the game. The Eagles were up. What were they up? 19 nothing, right? And then the Giants kind of gradually made their comeback. Gradually, gradually, 19-9, to 9, and then Philly got up a little more. Giants made it 22-16, to 16, and then later on, it ended up being the final. They'd run out of time. The Giants did not play Daniel Jones. They played Davis Webb because they can't move up or down. What the heck? And Jalen Hurts did not play very well. Um, and again, he was coming back from injury, was Jalen Hurts, but was good enough, I guess, even though his quarterback rating was 65.1. The Eagles got the job done. Boston, Scott. Got in the end zone once for Philadelphia so on and so forth the Giants are a balanced solid team that's what they are uh, quarterback is good not great the defense is good not great the receivers get the job done you got Lawrence Cager, Marcus Johnson not the former Minnesota Viking uh, offensive lineman I believe he was a guard that didn't work out unfortunately Kenny Galladay well Galladay dang it hopefully we're not saying that next week um, but a lot of backups played today for the New York Giants let's look at the actual Giants not this game, this game means nothing let's just be freaking blunt and honest DJ Daniel Jones Tyrod Taylor, he's the backup isn't he threw for 58 yards this year Daniel Jones 32.05, definitely not numbers that jump out at you Saquon Barkley, that jumps out a bit more 13 13.12 in rushing yards Darius Slayton. The receiving numbers are kind of balanced out a bit, but nobody really stood out that great. Hodgkins was a pain in the ass to deal with, but only 351 yards in the season. Saquon Barkley is capable of a bit of everything. Um, About 1,650 all-purpose yards on the season. In fact, that's exactly it because he did not play in this game. So 1,650 all-purpose yards uh, for Saquon, Saquon, Barkley, and 10 touchdowns in the running category. At the very least, a career high by just a small margin. His rookie year, he had 13.07. This year, 13.12. So, yeah. 10 touchdowns rushing. His rookie year, he had 11 touchdowns rushing. Interesting. He's only a year younger than Delvin Cook, yet plays better, I'd have to say. (laughs) No receiving touchdowns, unfortunately, but again, the three thirty eight. He had 721 receiving yards as a rookie. So he had 2,000 Wow, he had, he had over 2,000 all-purpose yards as a rookie. Here being Saquon Barkley and 15 total touchdowns. What a stud. It gets crazy. When you're your best, you're your rookie. So it's kind of been downhill ever since. But obviously a very dangerous running back, and he is from the Bronx, New York. So he is New York. He is the Giants. He's Mr. Giant. Daniel Jones, very solid, though. A guy, people kind of raised eyebrows like, who picks quarterbacks from Duke? 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 This isn't Christian Leitner. This isn't uh I don't know all these other names like Eddie Curry and such in the NBA or uh I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just going nuts thinking about it. Um why am I blanking at some of the great players that came from there? Obviously Christian Leitner, but many others, Grant Hill, all them. A lot of them actually didn't really achieve what a lot of people thought they were going to though. DJ, Daniel Jones, fifteen touchdown passes thrown on the year. Nothing too exciting, but he protects the ball. He takes care of it. He's the definition of a game manager. Uh, he's he's solid though, and the Vikings' defense, unfortunately, made him look really good. Fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions, and he played the entire season except this final game. You realize that? Fifteen and five. That's kind of like Jim McMahon, like numbers. But um, you would think they had the greatest defense ever. But at the beginning of the year, the Giants' defense did look fairly respectable. But you know, as the season progressed, reality kind of set in. The Giants are decent and all that, but they're not that great. They're they're okay. They're decent. There's something there. 27th in passing yards. 4th in rushing yards. Total uh, 17th in yards per game. So, you know, it kind of is what it is with the Giants. Uh, 15th in points scored. Now, this is leading into today's game, which again is take that with a grain of salt. It was like, a, again, another postseason game, if you know what I mean, without it being the playoffs. Like preseason, postseason, Yeah, 17th in total yards, like I just said. 27th in passing yards, I just said that, I'm sorry. Um, Time of possession, 10th. 31st in interceptions in a good way, so that's good. Only five on the season, that's actually really good. Unless that's like interceptions taken away, I think it is. But uh, luckily they don't do a lot of giveaway either. So yeah, only five interceptions all season. That is nothing to brag about at all. That's really low. That is defensively. I'll be be jiggered. Okay, one, two, three. Yeah, jeez, One, two, three, and then one guy named Julian Love had two. I'll be dagoned or jiggered or whatever the word is. Only five interceptions on the season. Oh, well, protect the ball, though, guys. (laughs) Kirk Cousins. So, five interceptions thrown by Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor actually threw one in eight attempts. What the heck, man? That's funny. Um, but So they protect the ball for the most part to the Giants in terms of throwing it, but they don't they get a lot of interceptions either. 30, uh, 37 sacks on the season, again, coming into this game, 17th on the year. 28th in rushing yards again, so you could have a nice day for Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook uh, in the game. Total yards against 25th. Their defense really isn't that great. The Vikings didn't dominate in the game, but we got the job done when we needed to. And you had that big 61-yard kick that made us all feel great. So that's kind of what we referenced to on Christmas Eve. The Vikings took care of business on holidays this year versus other years where we were embarrassed. Um, Yep, that's what I thought. I know I had a memory of Graham Gonneau hitting one from way out uh, out there. He had a 55-yarder, so it was a pretty fun Christmas Eve game. I almost say go with the whiteout again because it's pretty... There was, it was a definite whiteout last week, wasn't it? Snowed like crazy, and it kept snowing. It was kind of warm for a while, and then as it got colder and colder, which I was okay with, you had less of a slushy, obnoxious slush that could get you killed out there, whereas it's a little bit more of a steady, dry snow, and you don't feel as uh, unsafe because it was still warm enough that at least uh, you know the friction from the, the wheels and such on freeways it would uh, still disintegrate, melt away, so to speak, from that. Whereas, obviously, during Christmas week, it was kind of dangerous because it was too cold for even that to go away. So, slippery conditions everywhere leading into Christmas Eve and such. And there were accidents up the ass during that weekend, let me tell you. Um, I say the Vikings go for the whiteout again. This could be a rare case. Why not? Why not go with the good luck, so to speak? Have some fun. Do the whiteout all over again. But maybe they won't. Maybe we will just keep that to a unique situation. Like, it's just once a year, maybe Christmas Eve or something, or right around Christmas week, have fun with it, and maybe depending on the weather situation. Kirk Cousins had a very good game. Delvin Cook only got 64 yards on the ground, but he only ran 14 times. Did average almost 5 yards a carry. The Vikings' running game, too, was not prolific against the uh, Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley was pretty tough to deal with, but so was Daniel Jones, 334 yards on 42 attempts. Vikings' crappy defense looked awfully... uh, looked awfully bad against the New York Giants uh, TJ Hawkinson had an awesome game I don't think he'll have 16 yards like he did <laughs> today he only had one catch for 16 yards whereas uh, versus New York he had 16 targets 109 yards and 2 touchdowns his best game as a Viking Justin Jefferson 113 yards and 12 receptions who also had 16 targets and, oh, and poor KJ only 3 oh, catches were 17 yards but oh well um, hopefully he'll have more going forward. Hodgins, Richie James, Slayton all had big days. Again, as did Soquan Barkley. All-purpose yards. About 140, basically, when you put it all together. So a good, strong game for him. A very winnable game for the Minnesota Vikings, but it's not going to be easy. It's probably going to be a tight back-and-forth type of battle, but I do believe the Minnesota Vikings will lead most of the way, and will ultimately get the win versus the New York Giants. Uh, Let's look at the history a little bit. I'll try not to babble too much again. Reference footballdatabase.com. Minnesota Vikings have won a playoff game, versus the New York Giants, and they also got obliterated once as well. Uh, The history goes back to 1964. The Vikings were very good in the early days, and then Tarkington wound up there in the the late 60s, early 70s. But there was a 10-year span where the Vikings didn't play the Giants at all. Uh, October 17th to 19, uh, 1976 to 1986, November 16th, the Vikings had not played the Giants in a decade, which is the darndest thing. It was like Tarkington and Tommy Kramer was still playing a whole decade later, which is crazy. Tarkington was not on the 76 Vikings, he was on the 77 Vikings as a rookie, but a veteran and very talented at the time in his prime, Tommy Kramer in 86. Um, did not beat the Giants because that was the best game in football that year. 22-20, to 20, the world champion Giants beat the Vikings that year. 94, a team that was still kind of up and down, and they'd won the Super Bowl a few years earlier. Um, gosh, that's interesting. So the years the Giants won the Super Bowl, they played the Vikings. <laughs> that's interesting. You know, that actually happened multiple times, didn't it? So 86, the Giants beat the Vikings, and they later on won the Super Bowl, right? Later on won the Super Bowl. In 1986. In 1990, December 9th, just gosh, like a month away from the Super Bowl basically at the time, because it was was earlier back then, the New York Giants beat the Vikings and then beat the Bills in a very uh, heartbreaking loss for uh, a certain kicker missing a kick where the Giants or Bills would have beaten the Giants if not for that. But it is what it is. You got to finish the job, buddy. And all the years later, we finally play the Giants again. And get knocked out in the ninety-three you know, the playoffs of the ninety-three season, seventeen to ten. Chris Carter's butterfinger uh, did not help in that game. McMahon was mediocre at best. Vikings went comfortably the next year, making us all feel good with Terry Allen at running back and twenty seven to ten on October tenth. That was a nice, nice win for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Boring Moon was the quarterback. This Dave Brown was awful. As uh yeah, that was around the time when Dave Brown Uh, It was the year before, so Dave Brown was decent. Then he fell off the face of the earth not long after that. Ended up being a huge bust. Still remember that guy. Um, In the 97, there was the miracle at the Meadowlands. The Vikings were losing the whole game. Dennis Green gambled and had, uh, um, what was his name? Eddie Murray kicked a field goal into the wind, basically, and missed. But as the game progressed, the Vikings would make a comeback. Down 19-3. Looked absolutely hopeless. The Giants had his beat. Um, and, but then, <laughs> it, well, it was a Jim Hassel, that obnoxious coach of the uh, New York Giants at the time. I ended up taking him to the Super Bowl years later. Oh, God. that Jim Fossil, not Hassel. Jim Fossil, very annoying guy. 19-3 to lead for the Giants at halftime. Vikings would gradually make a comeback and ultimately win with a few uh, miracle plays. And, yep, you felt so good about that. Again, the uh, onside kick that ended up saving the day. The Vikings escape with an Eddie Murray field goal with 10 seconds left and advance past the Giants. Dennis Saving Dennis Green's job, literally. He was going to be fired after that day. Who knows how great the 98 Vikings would have been, with maybe just in case we had a different coach, but most people would tell you, yeah, bull crap, Joey. Yeah, the Vikings would have been worse. Dennis Green was a legend. I don't know about that. Then... Uh, <laughs> Vikings went comfortably in 1999 over a mediocre Giants team and you're thinking okay New York Giants are kind of a mediocre team despite the fact the Vikings had lost the last uh, four games of the regular season after going 11-1. and We're gonna we're gonna win we're gonna beat the Giants on the road. Sure they stole away home field advantage at the last second because we blew it kept getting injured late in the year getting injuries and and uh, you know Culpepper's high ankle sprain and and you know, the typical Vikings swan dive in December. But we're gonna be fine. And then the Giants beat the Vikings 41 to zero. Vikings fumbled the first two kickoffs of the game. Next two plays were touchdowns in each case. A huge joke. Um, and that's the last time the Minnesota Vikings played the New York Giants in the postseason. So the Vikings are two or excuse me, one and two in the playoffs versus the New York Giants. I don't believe we played before in that ninety-three season, and no we didn't. Um, and since then the Vikings have had kind of up and down, but uh, we've had two four-game winning streaks. And the whiteout, most recently on Christmas Eve, was the most recent four-game winning streak. We are on a four-game winning streak. Last time uh, we had a four-game win streak, we ended up losing 21-3, to three, a terrible 2010 Minnesota Vikings team. So that was bullcrap that year. Um, again, in 90, excuse me, excuse me, 2007... The year the Giants won the Silver Bowl, the Vikings had an awesome game. I'll never forget that. It was a huge stunner, as the Giants were kind of an up-and-down team, but we, for some reason, you know, I I never have confidence going on on the road in the East. I figured we'd lose that game, and then Tavares Jackson was phenomenal. It was the best game, and one of his best games of his life. 41-17 win, and um, Eli Manning was a huge mess. Little did we know, they would go on to beat the undefeated uh, New England Patriots. Amazing. Piece of history there. And then, I don't think we played them in 2011. No, we didn't. That was the last time the Giants won a Super Bowl. I have no confidence that this New York Giants team is going to win a Super Bowl this year, but I guess you never know. Um, nah, that, that, that team had a ton of talent. They just were kind of up and down, kind of mediocre when it came to the win column. 49-17, um, to 17, a lot of people had high hopes. I mean, we just obliterated a depleted New York Giants team I had blank stares on the sidelines, 49-17. to That was the beginning of this four-game win streak with uh, Bridgewater on it as our quarterback in that game. Um, and, of course, yeah, back in uh, 2010, the Vikings crushed the Giants again, 44-7, to uh, en route to what we thought was a promising playoff run, but it didn't work out, thanks to the fumbling of Adrian Peterson. <sighs> it was so bullcrap. But, again, the whiteout, that was a fun little game. Fun little game, and hopes are this Minnesota Vikings team can get the job done again. I expect more of the same close, a, a close kind of middle scoring type of game, but I do believe the Vikings will win this game. After that, with um, Brian O'Neill's Achilles tendon tear, it's partial, but uh, it's Achilles tendon. I mean, Achilles. Any time Achilles tendon is involved, yeah. See you next. See you next year, maybe into the season. Depending on uh, his recovery and all that such, him being Brian O'Neill. Uh, Slotman, we already talked about, as a broken fibula. So, uh, Reed was much better today. Will he be better next week, and particularly the uh, following week against a possible San Francisco 49ers matchup, which is probable if the Vikings do survive the Giants, just like 97. <laughs> and just like last time when the Vikings beat the Saints um, with a touchdown to Thielen that got things rolling and ultimately the final touchdown to Kyle Rudolph in overtime. Um, Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Um, (laughs) It was really something. Um, It was a nice win, but then the Niners took care of business both times. Uh, uh, The history with the Niners has not been good. But I do believe the Vikings will beat the New York Giants. Long story long, I'm sorry. Final score, something almost the same. I mean, I'm thinking right about the same, like 27-21 something like that, 28-21. to 21. I think the Vikings win by a single touchdown, so it's not going to be super close, but maybe it's just a late touchdown that kind of wraps it up and the Vikings successfully defeat the New York Giants, 28-21. to 21. Um, Their defense is not that impressive. It's just, it's a team that's not really impressive anywhere. It's just, again, uh, I'm not that scared of that defense right now, and luckily... Ole Udo, Chris Reed played okay and it sounds like Blake Brandle has a chance to be you know, to be back as well if we need him. So that's good because Blake Brandle was the first one to go down, have an injury. But and again we still have Christian Derisaw who's unbelievably good. Ezra Cleveland was really good. Ingram's kinda okay, but at least we're good on the left side. So that's a huge start. With that said, we'll take a quick break. Vikings beat the Giants. Okay, we're not going to take a break. we got to look at the other uh, preview the actual postseason. I really drugged this out. I shouldn't even have looked at the uh, God, I shouldn't even have looked at the other games. Who cares, right? So I apologize for that. I really do. <laughs> so I'm going to look at the playoffs real quick here. Playoff preview, and well, it doesn't have to drag out too long. San Francisco is going to play the uh, either Seattle or Green Bay, but I think either way the 49ers do win the game. So they will be waiting for the Vikings, most likely, because I have the Vikings defeating the Giants. Tampa Bay versus Dallas will be going to Philly. I do think the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are one and done this year. They are limping into the playoffs. Uh, momentum does not look good. Dak Prescott is proving to be, just he has his great moments, and then he's he kind of reverts to something else. I, I don't know, but I think Tom Brady gets at least one more playoff victory. And he'll have to—he'll get the ultimate test going into Philadelphia. Will they be a New York Giants-type team? I wouldn't be all that surprised if somehow the Bucks upset the Philadelphia Eagles and are waiting for what I believe will be the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I'm actually gonna do that. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is probably the stupidest pick of all time, but I have a feeling San Francisco and Tampa will be in the NFC Championship game. I said it. Yes. I think Tom Brady wakes up, and I think that team is ready to go. And they have been playing better. Today they were playing it safe because of obvious reasons. Kansas City, the number one seed, we already talked about that. Buffalo wins comfortably over Miami. At least they made the playoffs. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> hopefully next year they can build on that. Baltimore and Cincinnati. Cincinnati does beat the Cincinnati does beat the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I do believe. Um, and then Jacksonville versus uh, the Los Angeles Chargers Chargers don't look like anything to me. Jacksonville's on a, on a roll right now. They're gonna head to Kansas City. Good luck with that. Cincinnati and Buffalo might be the best game of the year. That might be it might be that magical game where you say the winner of that game goes to the Super Bowl and maybe even wins it. Um, but I'm kind of having a feeling about something. I have a feeling about something. I, I, I do. You can probably sense what I'm sensing. but um, uh, Buffalo-Cincinnati epic battle but Kansas City will be hosting the AFC championship game or it will be on a neutral site which probably is more fair because Cincinnati and Buffalo deserved a chance for it and you know a very unfortunate uh, lightning strike type of circumstance prevented the chance of Buffalo to to have home field so I think the Buffalo Bills boy who's going to win between Buffalo and Cincinnati that's a thing Cincinnati just seems to know what they're doing. They really do. They really do. I think Cincinnati defeats the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs and is in the Super Bowl. And I think the 49ers, I think it's a passing of the torch from one very late draft pick who was passed on by many people to another. I think it is going to happen. You could kind of feel me getting into this earlier. A Super Bowl of a seventh-round Mr. Irrelevant versus the number one pick in the draft. Cincinnati-San Francisco rematch, 1981-1988. Yeah, and I I actually was predicting this, I believe, at the beginning of the year, wasn't I, with Cincinnati winning the entire enchilada. I think it's going to be a tough go for uh, both teams. I think either team could win it, but at this moment... At this moment, if I'm a betting man, which I would be with DraftKings, I actually didn't even do the ad yet. So I'm going to actually save that for the next segment. I really apologize. Or I could wrap up this segment with it. I am really sorry. (laughs) So that was kind of stupid of me. But kind of too excited to get into the postseason. But that's fine. Talking about the postseason and then get into DraftKings. But uh, if you're going to use DraftKings in that Super Bowl, I'm betting on the San Francisco 49ers to uh, win their sixth championship this year believe it or not, with a 7th round pick. But the coaching, the defense, and the studs around this quarterback and his swagger that he does have, I think will be enough to have San Francisco winning a championship. If Cincinnati wins, I'll be absolutely thrilled. But if San Francisco wins, I'll be pretty thrilled as well. Especially if it's the freaking Chiefs. I hope the 49ers beat them. I hope they beat them to get revenge on the the Super Bowl three years ago. And there's a really good chance that could be the Super Bowl as well. But I do not see the Eagles making it to the Super Bowl. I do see San Francisco winning the NFC. Cincinnati somehow with the third seed getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. Um, well, not winning it, but getting there. Maybe winning it. It could be any of those three getting there. I think if, I think there's a good chance Buffalo could win the whole thing this year, and I'd be happy Kansas City could win it all. But there's four teams this year that I really have a strong opinion on that could win it. Kansas City just because, as much as I hate them, Just because they seem to be kind of like, they're kind of just, they're just winning. They're just flat out winning this year like crazy. Philadelphia, I just don't think so. I don't think they're going to win. And I'll be totally happy with that. 49ers, Cincinnati and Buffalo, Kansas City. That's like your top four. That's your Mount Rushmore going into this playoffs. But at this moment, I have San Francisco winning the Super Bowl. That could change very dramatically next week though. But the original pick is San Francisco winning. So I have to remember that going forward. I have every right to change it, but that will be the original pick. We'll see what happens. With that said, let's uh, talk about draftings before I forget again and be a jerk. New, uh, we have a new one this time. A new ad. Uh, the fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game that that's happen, uh, happening on Monday. Yep. So this is a immediate script here. Yep. So yep, you got Georgia. Yep, going up against uh, TCU. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. So, yep, um, my pick in the national championship game, I'm going to go with Georgia. Yep, I'm going to go with Georgia. I think they go back-to-back, and they're like the best team in college football. So that's who I would pick uh, at the end of the day uh, if I'm betting on that game. But I'm more of an NFL guy. I'm just going to be honest with you. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I probably will I probably will bet on it, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any college football, uh, uh, on college football, and that's about probably what I'm going to do. And get $200 $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Dang, (laughs) isn't that something? Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for bigger payout with DraftKings same-game parlays. That's pretty crazy, right? So same-game parlays, again, the more legs you bet, the more you have to win. So that's fun stuff like touchdowns and all that. Uh, Call to action is (laughs) download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Of course, Apple or Google. Use code TPPN, the Pigskin Podcast Network. New customers bet just $5 in college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. With that, we'll take a quick break and come back for Fan Interaction. You will hear from Mad Martin after this.
1: Happy New Year, Joey, and uh, everybody in the Purple Mafia faithful. Um, Well, it's 2023, and that certainly wasn't the way we wanted to start the new year. Uh, The team goes into Green Bay on a night when Philadelphia lost, so there was a chance to close the gap and go into the final week of the season with a possibility of gaining the one seed and home field advantage and also keeping the 49ers at bay. And what do they do? Don't turn up. Um, that was a horrendous, brutal loss that uh, I really cannot fathom. Um, but it, it does appear to be part of the culture of this team it, over the last few years. You know, you, you look at the losses that we've had in big games under Zimmer and now under KOC. And um, it's the same. You have a team that goes into a huge game and just doesn't show up. Doesn't fight, doesn't seem to do very much, but other than give up. Um, you know, yeah, twenty twenty-three's been a fun ride in many respects with all these these roller coaster close games where we've we've somehow come to this stage at twelve and four, but the defeats have been brutal. And now we've reaching the playoffs. How optimistic can we be? I, I think this is a team that either wins the Super Bowl somehow. Uh, with the the worst points differential in NFL history. Or they go into a game and get absolutely demolished, which I think is sadly probably more likely. But I don't know. The the O-line without O'Neill. I mean, the O-line has deteriorated. Um, you know, you looked at this team on paper at the start of the season and you looked at the offence and you thought, yeah, th- this is a team that could put a, a hell of a lot of points on the table because they're going to have to because the defence is rather bereft of talent. And at times, this offence has just looked mediocre. And with the kind of defence we've got, you cannot afford to have a an offence that just basically sits around for two quarters and does sweet diddly squat. Um So hence, I think, when the losses have come, they have been brutally bad because our offence just hasn't operated. Now... You know, when, when you think about this, um, I was always in that camp that kind of wanted to reset and say, yeah, let's let's build around a young quarterback. Let's build... We've got the money and the resources to build around that quarterback, and that seems to be the blueprint to success. Uh, if you look at Cincinnati or Buffalo or um, Kansas City, um, that they've all gone out and drafted that said quarterback. And yes, I know... It's not easy to hit on that quarterback, but from a long-term perspective, I think it's the best option we have. Um, What do you do? I mean, you you look at this season, um, it it was a window to go deep into the playoffs. Um, Because next year, I just don't see how we do that, because you're going to have to look at the cap space. You're going to have to look at some of these veterans and their contracts, and they're going to have to be cut or sliced, or restructured, or whatever. And the GM is going to have to uh, have one hell of a draft. And there's going to be some serious manoeuvring if we're going to be a contender next year. And to be honest, I don't see us being in such a strong position as perhaps we are at the moment. But in saying that, jo- Joey, um, I'm not sure how strong a position we are in after the loss yesterday. Uh, it's uh it's a tough one just feels that yesterday was a massive opportunity to close down the packers and get some confidence as we we run into the playoffs um because if you look at the, what the last 7 games were 4 and 3 uh but two of those were pretty dreadful losses so um it doesn't well, I don't imagine it fills the fan base with a great deal of confidence. I have no idea how it uh, affects the locker room. Surely they have to go into Chicago next week. And I know there's not a great deal to play for. Um, Chicago want nothing to play for. They could, if results go their way, pick up the first first you know, draft pick. Um, and I guess we're stuck at three regardless of whatever happens. So... Um, but from a confidence perspective, I'd hope they go out there and play hard. Whether they play all the ones, um, I don't really care, but I just hope they go out there, play hard and get a win. Finish the season in a positive position. You'd need 45 points to get us back to, um, was it, kind of a, a positive points differential. But anyway, get a win, get the momentum moving and then go into the playoffs with that, that home game and try and, again, get a solid win. And then we go on the road and let the chips fall. Okay, Joey, that's enough. I'm feeling pretty negative after last night, but hey-ho, such is life. Have a great uh, week, and uh, skull brothers and sisters.
0: And I want to thank you so much for that call. Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, spot on. Spot on in a lot of things and lots of concerns that, yeah, like where, where where really are we strong? Yes, we have Justin Jefferson, but after him, I mean, I like K.J. Osborne an awful lot, but has he completely proven himself? Not necessarily, but again, yeah, that was such a devastating game last week. It made you just think, whatever, one and done, and then, of course, the injuries and all that, so there will definitely be a lot of evaluating coming up when the season does end. I hope it doesn't end until the Super Bowl championship. The Vikings go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it, but odds are that will not be the case. Unfortunately, it could be over as soon as could be over as soon as this next upcoming week but otherwise uh maybe the week after or the week after but i mean i don't know i i hope the vikings get to the super bowl and win it not just you know anything anything besides the super bowl championship always is kind of like a sad ending i won't call it a disappointing season but a disappointing end to the season possibly and of course an empty feeling an empty feeling like obviously most people weren't thinking about 13 wins coming into the year. We were thinking more like 11-6, and six, which is okay. It's, it's, it's a solid record, but it's not going to win you any awards. You have to go earn the award after that. And, heck, 14-3 and three is not going to win you any awards. you got to go and get it. So, at the end of the day, it might win you, like, home field. But you still got to protect home field, which the 98 Vikings did not do. Sad to think we have not had home field advantage since then. Uh, after a couple of goals and opportunities to do so, in uh, 2000, just two years later, Vikings had it in the bag. And then, again, the high ankle sprain to Culpepper, and we lost four in a row. Just devastated, including one to the Green Bay Packers. The hated Packers, Amon Green, just ran right through us. So, stuff like that. I completely feel you there. And, you know, maybe you're just, yeah, obviously not feeling overly confident going into the playoffs. I'm really not either, though I do think the Vikings will be able to beat the New York Giants. It's just after that, it's really hard to say. Uh, Detroit Tigger just missed a... Mills to field goal attempt. The Packers are still up 9-3 to at the moment with about 6 minutes remaining in the second quarter. Uh, fan interaction. I thought I had it up. I had some of it up. Oh, I guess it is up. Well, gosh darn. How did I figure out? How did I pull that off? I guess I had it up somehow miraculously. Um, oh, crud. I, I don't think I was all that active today, and I apologize. Okay. Well, and it is what it is. I think a lot of people weren't active today because of, uh, you know, this reason and that reason. Where is it? Okay, so... Where were we? is complete inept garbage. Yep, he was mad. That was on New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day, pardon me. Um, Tanay retweeted. Malcolm extreme retreated A Blizzard of Balls like the Angry Video Game Nerd. This one had a little bit more somber sound by it. That was from me on Freedom of Thought anyway. Um I was saying, uh yes, I did. It's on the show you're calling, and now this one is as well. This was super good. Last week's was good. This one I think it felt almost even better. It's just so good. Uh Mad Martin says, No worries. They're both uh anyway, not the start we wanted to twenty twenty three back to reality with a bang, and that's for darn sure. Um, I was saying it's yet another confidence, confidence shattering loss. Makes you wonder what kind of postseason run is in store. If any, Matt Barnes says, sadly, I think we know the most likely outcome, one and done. Yep, could be one and done or two and done, but it'll feel like one and done just going to San Francisco and getting smoked, which I'm afraid could very well be the case, but we'll see. Maybe, 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 um... And Martin says, but in saying it, one and done, this Vikings team is very strange because I don't think anyone can handle, can get a handle on who they are. I'm not sure the league has ever seen a team so up and down. So with such a strange team, who knows what to expect? A Super Bowl win would be no surprise. Like in a way, yeah, it's kind of like the whole bet it all, you know, you're all in, so to speak. Uh, The Pigskin Podcast Network also retweeted uh, the most recent one, so I really appreciate that. Sam Gupta says, God bless you, Sam. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. It was my pleasure. The whiteout was an interesting look. Thank you for being a pillar of this show for so many years. A pillar off? A pillar of. So I actually put two Fs, but I think he knew what I meant. It looks like um, fairly quiet. Okay, and Mad Martin, I was saying Nick M- I was saying Nick Mullins is easily the best backup quarterback we've had since Keenum. It's nice to have a confident backup. Matt Martin says, let's hope we can hold on to him. And I agree. I would like to keep uh, Nick Mullins with the Minnesota Vikings. And, yep, we talked about that in the first segment a little bit also. Facebook page, wherever that is, way over here somewhere. Was there anything else? Yep, there were posts about uh, Hamlin. The Brian O'Neill injury. Yep, Brian O'Neill injury. Da, 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 da. And the recent episode had no comments, just likes and loves, so to speak. But appreciate those of you that did that. Really, I really do. Um, yeah, right tackle. Brian O'Neill suffered a pretty significant injury, and there's no timetable for him to return. Next one. Yep, same thing. Uh, calf injury on IR and ended up again being, see, a calf yeah it's like the tendon in the calf connected to the ankle that is called the achilles tendon unfortunately and yeah really sucks the achilles freaking tendon gerald string says great and then mark carlson says no not now and i i agree it's exactly oh, exactly what happened i don't know why i just said wow it should be the sad face it was yeah very disappointing very sad that uh this took place with uh, brian o'neill Bill's DeMar Hamlin showing signs of improvement, Uncle says. No comments, but a lot of, uh, uh, what do they call that? reactions. Same thing, Hamlin showing signs of improvement, friend says. And a doctor said after DeMar Hamlin awakened last night, he asked in writing, who won the game? Doctors told him, yes, you won. You've won the game of life. <clears throat> yep, again, all reactions, not comments, but just fine. In-game thread extremely quiet today, but I guess it was kind of that preseason vibe, wasn't it? So I understand and thank you very much, though, Mike Dale and Mark Carlson for commenting. Oh, I guess it wasn't that quiet. This thing was just stuck in the past. So it's one of those where it wasn't nearly as inactive as it looked. Ah, Dave Hickey was saying, "Freaking Hicks, let's get, uh, let's a guy run right, uh, right by him for a touchdown." Yeah, remember that. That was a really bad play, actually. Uh, Mike Dale says, the book is out. Delvin is a chronic fumbler. And Dave Viggy says, through that. Yep, uh, Dave Viggy says, that was a stupid play call Where before the half And because it's the Vikings, they get screwed. If it isn't uh, Greg Joseph screwing us, it's something else. Yeah, because we had too many men on the field. Yep, I didn't even talk about it, which is my own fault. We had too many men on the field, and yeah, the stupid idiot check down before that led to the Vikings having to rush. Like, why are you checking down in that situation? So that was really dumb. Um, Mark Carlson says, how does, and uh, Mike Dale's out of the state of New York, Jay Vicki out of Iowa, Mark Carlson also out of Iowa. Mark Carlson says, how does a playoff caliber team get in the red zone and have a delay of game killing the whole drive and settle for a field goal? Yeah, and we ended up not even getting the field goal to count either. Not embarrassing. Dave Hickey says, I don't care who plays quarterback for the Bears. They're going to come they're going to compete. Uh, compete if Fields is on or off the field. <laughs> yep. We lose because the Vikings defense is a choke. Almost the worst in the NFL. Mark Carlson says, Here we are, fifty six seconds to the half and we are in the red zone and uh, doing nothing with it. Yep. Mike Dale says, probably a meaningless game, but let's get back to the winning ways going into the playoffs. The main thing is No more injuries. Wouldn't mind seeing Nick Mullins in action. And yes, we did. Mark says, fourth quarter opens with the Vikings' field goal. And they like to see the backups on the field. Yes, me too. Mike Dale says, horrendous. Amateurish game management right there. On top of that, every time Kirk goes into shotgun, Chris Reed comes dangerously close to causing a delay of game penalty. It's obvious that he's not on the same wavelength that both Bradbury and Schlotterman were. Yeah, Schlotman did a good job, didn't he, yeah, in Bradbury's set. And Bradbury had his best season as a Viking. I was saying, a Delvin Cook hat trick. A touchdown, a fumble, and an injury. Sorry, but I had to. And there were responses. It just took a little while, that's all. Uh, yep, and then I kind of went away. Uh, Mike Dale says, Madison filling in nicely. I agree. Let me see. Wouldn't mind seeing Chandler or Nguanwu getting some carries. And Chandler got a few. But Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says a better north-south back. Yep. About Madison. Yep, he's a better north-south back. Yep, true. Mike Dill says well, he's back in the game. Not quite sure why, as we should wrap him in bubble wrap for next week, but okay. And that him would be Delvin Cook. That's the end of the end game. Where's the post-game thread? I posted it, right? Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah, it's probably there. I did that from mobile. So I'll just refresh. And there's the postgame thread. Whew. That one has, yeah, that one only has three comments, but I'm sure they're big and long, yep, big, bigger ones. Yeah, you can tell they all have C-more. <laughs> Just open with the guys out of Iowa here. <laughs> I like that C-more, right? Because there's going be to be a lot to say, which is totally fine. And these guys are absolute pillars of this show. Mike Dale, Dave Vicky, and Mark Carlson. Oh, incredible. Dave Vicky opens things up in the post-game thread saying, well, that's a lot better than I expected for the season. 13-4 is pretty dang good, but the question marks on defense and the ineptitude on offense, like in the third quarter and stuff, right, definitely leaves me less than confident we can even win one game in the playoffs. All of our losses were blowouts, and almost all of our wins were nail-biters. Opposite of last year as far as winning the one-score games, but this team is a family, and they love their coaches, even Donatale, and the Giants, who we start with, pulled off one of the most amazing playoff of all times. Yeah, back in the day, yeah, winning the Super Bowl against undefeated Patriots team. So why can't we, Skull Purple Mafia faithful? And yes, that's what I'd like to believe. I I want the Vikings to finally be that team that does that, does something crazy. Mark Carlson says the Vikings' best moment was a celebration in the end zone that wasn't a score but an interception celebration. I actually and I actually hate those type of celebrations. I don't know why they don't draw a flag, but this one was pretty cool. Other than that, let's keep Madison on the field. He's he's really good. KJ Clutch was fun to watch as well. Yep, happy for a win here, but I am not sold on this Viking team going anywhere in the postseason, mostly because the team itself is flagged for dumb penalties at those critical moments. Third and goal inside the five, and you get a delay of game. What is really the issue? Today was the last regular season game. If you haven't fixed those issues by now, well, it's ridiculous. I need this team playing for blood. <laughs> I want more killer instinct by the whole team. I guess I'm the doubter in the crowd this week, Joey. I would be happy to be wrong. We will all... Uh, what does he say? Um. yep, yeah, yeah, Well, we will all the next week when it's do or die. So, Skull Proof Mafia fans everywhere. Shout out to Jay Mason Carlson. Get on board. Yep, and hope to hear from you, Jay. Mike Dale will wrap up the Fan and direction segment coming out of the state of New York saying, Well, the Vikings finally won another game that wasn't a close one-score game. However, let's face it. The Bears were never trying, were they? The Bears are, are ish, like the S word, and made a point to play like ish as they were tanking for a better draft pick, and they got the best one, didn't they? Can't really get too enthused or optimistic about Ed Donatell's defense first and second stringers, as the Bears really didn't show up. That said, credit where it's due, they played well. <laughs> From an offensive standpoint, it's no doubt that K.J. Osborne has supplanted Adam Thielen as the number, one, uh, number two wide receiver. Also, if Jalen Naylor keeps progressing the way he is, he might even take the number three spot. Or the number four. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm hoping Thielen is just carrying an undisclosed lower body injury. As using mom hockey terminology. Yep, lower body. Yep, rather than father time calling him into his office. Defensively, Patrick Peterson, for the little time he was out on the field, was excellent. Yes, he was. As was Duke Shelley. One of those surprises of the year. In fact, he might get that award, by the way. Josh Metellus also looked really good. But, like I said before, the Bear, were the Bears really trying So, if Mike Zimmer infected this team or embedded a virus within it with his toxic atmosphere environment based on fear, playing not to lose that Kevin O'Connell surely is not only the vaccine or antidote, but he's an additional shot of adrenaline and self-belief. Yes, he still has a lot to learn, as some of his inexperienced in-game management decisions has reared its ugly head from time to time. Additionally, there were four times this season where they showed up to the stadium, completely unprepared, which I believe is on him. Yep. Uh, However, overall, it's definitely a net positive as we're looking at the Vikings going into the playoffs as the number three seed. There's a ton of injuries, especially on the offensive line, that worry me big time. Also, excuse me, I also don't think this defense can get us very far in the playoffs, but they still have a shot, and stranger things have happened already this season. So here's hoping they can beat the Giants again at home for the second time. Can't see the Niners losing to the Cards, to be honest. No, and they, they certainly didn't. Looking forward to it. Skull. And I'm looking forward to it as well, Mike Dale. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, whew, Goodness gracious, what do I do with this? <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Even on a day when there wasn't as much if-handed I mean, you guys... <laughs> just knocked it out of the park. I mean, you really did. And I'm not just saying that to be nice or or anything or, you know, just being fake or anything. No, I'm everything but fake. I hope you know that. Enough saying I, I, I. I have to stop. I'm sounding selfish. I'm sounding selfish. See, I said I again. See what I did there? (laughs) Gold star for this episode. And it'll be the second show of 2023, by the way, because it's already January the 8th and the sun rises gradually, like a few, like less than a minute of the, less than a minute a day, but it's gradually coming up earlier, finally. It got to the maximum and all that crap. Um, Mad Martin and Mike Dale have to ring in the gold star. Dave Vicky, Mark Carlson, you get gold-plated silver stars. Just freaking awesome. Um, just frickin' awesome. Uh, and silver plated bronze star Brett McCarthy Gerald String thank you guys so much amazing call in by Dave Martin he is just incredible mike dales incredible writing skills and, and uh, the swagger he brings to his writing he is incredible and mark and dave my god you're good you know just love the passion and the quality you know that you bring to this show the passion and the quality in your you know in your posts are incredible you really know your football and really appreciate everything about you all the way from start to finish. Um, just love you guys to death. I really do. I really do. So thank you so much for uh, a wonderful regular season. We will enter the playoffs once again with the Vikings intact, which is a good thing. Hopefully the Vikings have something in store. If not, it kind of is what it is. But I do think the Vikings win next week. After that, it's not all gravy. No, it's not all gravy, but it might be what they call um, ha- house money at this stage. It's not gravy. I'm not happy going to San Francisco and getting trounced or even losing in heartbreaking fashion. I'm not. It's house its house money in terms of the situation we're in now with the frickin' injuries and such. So, And the fact that San Francisco is extremely scary. As is Philadelphia, as is Kansas City, and Cincinnati, and Buffalo. But, well, if you're going to win a championship, you might as well do it in the most unlikely circumstances. Because that's what certain teams do sometimes. So with that said, uh, thank you so much. Please uh, tell your friends about the show. Those of you that share it and, and uh, retweet it, I can't thank you enough. Finster Finstermano has done it many times. I think he did here, but ha- sometimes it shows, sometimes it doesn't. He shares on uh, Brave the Wild all the time and Timberwolves Explosion especially. Vince Stramano, Tanae Brown, New Zealand, just love you guys so much. Malcolm out of California. Malcolm McSween, just love you guys so freaking much. You know, you deserve at least a bronze star as well for uh, at least retweeting and caring about this show as much as you do. So, can't thank you enough. Oh, Frank Ragnow, we could use your help, buddy. Hey, Frank, Frank, can, can, can you help? You want to help us, Frank? Please? We could use your help, Frank. I need your help, Frank! You oh, know, that's Alex Jones. <laughs> there was a soundbite with him saying that I need your help, Frank. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> With that said, again, uh, please write a positive rating on Apple Podcast. anybody out there that can do that, uh, Audible, Stitcher, and then I guess Spotify does star ratings. Other than that, call into the show if you can. Mad Martin, keep them coming. And anybody else that's considering that's never done it before or hasn't done it in a while, uh, open, up your free, uh, open up your smart device. There's a free recording app on every smart device on the planet. Just open it, press record, treat it like a phone call. You save it, slash, you save it, and then share it, slash, email it to paladinolive Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar with a Z.com. Great conversion site for files and such. With that said, again, hopefully the Vikings can get through this and pull off something absolutely spectacular afterward. Otherwise, have a great week and welcome to the NFL playoffs. We'll talk to you next week where we preview the divisional rounds and all that cool stuff.